second chapter. Y'all, I'm trying to get out of numbers, but I just, for some reason, I just can't, I just can't leave it. I just can't leave it. Uh, numbers, the 14th chapter and uh, verse number 19, verse number 19, verse number 19. It simply says this, pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt, even unto now. You may take your seats. In another translation, it just simply says, please forgive the wrongdoing of this people out of the extravagance of your loyal love just as all along. From the time they left Egypt, you have been forgiven this people. I want to talk to you just briefly or as the Spirit leads today from the, this subject matter, wise praying. I want everybody to say wise praying. Everybody didn't say it. Everybody say wise praying. You all would agree with me that the prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous woman, availeth much. The prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman is powerful and uh, it's effective. Prayer is the key that unlocks all doors. Prayer should be the key in the morning and the lock at night. Prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. God understands our prayers even when we can't find the words to say them. You need to understand that prayers don't have to be long and eloquent. Sometimes, Paul said, we don't even know what we ought to pray. But somebody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because when you don't even know what to pray, when you're burdened and when you're down, with the cares of the day, and all you could do is fall on your knees and just moan and groan. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost takes your moan and your groan, and it interprets it, and you're moaning and you're just groaning. But when it reaches heaven, it's a message, it's a prayer. And so your prayers don't have to be long and eloquent. They, they need only come from a sincere and humble heart. The Bible says that men ought to always what pray and uh, never faint. And so prayer is the Christian's greatest weapon. I'm going to say it again. Prayer is the Christian's greatest weapon. And so when you look at our text here today in the 14th chapter of the book of uh, Numbers, Moses is praying in our verse and it is a very wise and noble prayer it came at a very critical time in the travels of Israel as you know Israel had rebelled against God and refused to enter the promised land 
And so judgment threatened to wipe them all out right on the spot. And Moses, he prayed, amen, that God would spare Israel. Now, you have to understand that there are four things in Moses' prayer that I want us to note today. It's right here in right here in this verse. I want us to note it. What made it such a wise prayer and which makes it a good lesson for each and every one of us here today when it comes uh, when it comes to our uh, prayer. First of all, there are four things. Number 1, for those of you that like to take notes. Number one, it involved problems. It involved problems. Number two, I see pardon. Number three, I see pity. And I see a performance. I'm going to say it again. I see problems. I see pardon, pity, and performance. Now, I always tell you that when you read a passage of scripture, and I would encourage you that when you get home or during your time of meditation to read the entire 14th chapter of uh, of the book of Numbers, because you'll discover some problems there in uh, in this chapter, because the first thing we can learn here is that Moses went to prayer when problems uh, came. Now, I, I, I really, I, I really, I really believe that none of us really have any problems uh, uh, praying uh, in the time of trouble. Fact of the matter is, some folk don't pray until they get in uh, in trouble. Amen. But problems were very serious here. They were facing the anger and the fierce judgment of. Uh, of the Lord. The fact of the matter is when you read in this 14th chapter you discover that the glory of the Lord bursts forth right at the peak of the people's rage and threatened assault against God's uh, servants. Did you not know that the people uh, they had wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb, the ones who gave a good report on last week, you remember, of uh, of the promised land. And they wanted to replace Moses as uh, their leader. And so this was the climax of uh, their present rebellion. How many of y'all know God's not going to deal with a rebellious people? And so if God had not intervened, the people would have killed their leaders and started back to Egypt only to perish along the way. But when you glance at verse number 11 and verse uh, 12, let me talk to y'all for a little while. God's glory burst forth at the tabernacle in uh, in the sight of uh, all the people and you will notice you will notice in those verses uh, that first of all God questioned uh, 
Moses. In other words, God said, how long would the people treat the Lord with content, contempt? How long would uh, they refuse to believe in him and uh, the miraculous signs that he had uh, performed. When you look at that word contempt, that word means to despise. It means to reject. It means to treat with utter disregard to the point of provoking God. In other words, God was saying, I done brought you out. I brought you through. I perform one miracle after another miracle in your life. I've provided, I've made a way out of no way. What more do I need to do for you before you will believe, before you will trust me? And you know, this could be asked of so many today who constantly question the fulfillment of God's promises. God have made many promises and yet we just continue to not believe, not to trust God. We be- we continue to worry and uh, and to fret and to complain and uh, to mummer and to and to grumble R- rather than being con- with what God has uh, already provided uh, uh, for us. Amen. Amen. He's given us many signs uh, and wonders. It could apply, amen, even to uh, the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They saw many signs and and many wonders for over uh, three years, but then Jesus still had uh, to rebuild Rebuke them, hallelujah, for their unbelief and hardness uh, of heart. He said, how long do I have to be uh, with thee? Oh, ye of uh, of little faith. Greater St. Luke Church, can I tell you something? God's been good to all of us. He's opened up doors. He's made uh, He's made ways. He's provided. He's healed. He has uh, He has delivered. He has set free. What more does God have to do? You need to understand that yes, God is a loving God. He's a faithful God. He's a just God. But guess what? When we are not thankful and when we don't believe and trust in God, it angers it angers God. And can I tell you something? You don't want to fall into the hands of an angry God. And so because they were held in contempt, the second thing God decided, God, he threatened to destroy the people with a plague. Then he threatened to disinherit them and use Moses to build a new race of people, a greater and and stronger race. You, you know what I get out of that is, is God says, in other words, if you just going to sit down and complain and mumber and grumble and not trust me and not stand on my word and on my promises, uh, he basically, he said, I, I, 
I'll just use somebody else. I'll just bless somebody else. You don't want God to disinherit you. My God. Because you know what? It's in him that we live, that we move, that, that we have our very being. Without God, we could do absolutely nothing. We would, we would fail. And so the anger of God against rebellion and unbelief had reached a fevered pitch. It was time for the justice of God to fall and judgment to be executed. I think you would agree with me up to this point that God was good and tired. Have you ever became just good and tired? Come on, y'all talk back to me. I know you're saved, but that don't mean that you haven't gotten to a point where you was just you was just fed up. You know, some of y'all took on the Popeye spirit. Don't try to act like you ain't never watched Popeye. Come on here. That used to be my favorite. Amen. I done took all I could stand and I can't, anybody ever been there and I can't stand no more. That's where God was. And so the justice of God was getting ready to fall upon the people. And so here's the lesson. Here's the lesson when we deal with problems. The lesson is simply this, that problems uh, will at one time or another overwhelm all uh, of us. But here's the good news. We can still pray. I don't care what y'all say. I'm glad that I serve a God who answers uh, uh, prayer. And if we can pray, then we can do much in regards uh, to our problems because no problem is too big for prayer. Lack of prayer will only make our problems worse. Can I encourage you? Take all of your burdens to the Lord and do what? Leave them there. Somebody's you're facing something here today and you don't know how you're going to handle it. I dare you to take it to God in prayer because how many of y'all know God can fix it when nobody else can fix it? We used to sing a song long time ago, let Jesus fix it for you. He knows just what to do whenever you pray. Let God have his way and Jesus will fix it for you. I stop by here to let somebody know God's getting ready to fix it for you. I don't know what it is. You don't have to tell me. But in the spirit, I feel that God is getting ready to fix it for you. Somebody ought to tell God thank you. And so they had a serious problem. They had a serious problem. But Moses, he takes the problem to the Lord in prayer. And then you have to notice the pardon because Moses prayed for pardon for sin. And watch what he does. He cried out. He cried out for God to consider three critical 
points. My God, when you pray, when you pray, you just got to let God know. See, some of y'all uh, go before God like you somebody. Listen, when you go before God, you, 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 excuse my grammar, you ain't nothing. Come on here, somebody. We ain't nothing. Our righteousness is nothing but filthy rag. Don't approach God as if God owes you something. God, I pay my tithe. Now I'm coming to you and you got to, you got to do this. I went to church on Sunday. No, no, you better change your attitude. Notice Moses, when he prayed, he cried out to God to consider three uh, critical points. I need you to follow. I need you to follow. Uh, Numbers, the 14th chapter, because when you look at verses 13 through 17, he says, God, in other words, he said, God must remember that his own reputation and character were at stake. Look at Moses. Who are you, Moses? You you can't even talk without stuttering. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. And here you're going to tell God Almighty, the creator of the universe, that he got to remember that his own reputation and character were at stake. Because the Egyptians, watch this, would hear about Israel's destruction and then they would tell the Canaanites about it. Now you got to remember the last week they went to go search the land of Canaan and and the negative report was uh, uh, they look like giants and we look like uh, uh, grasshoppers and because of our disbelief God's getting ready to now destroy us. He's getting ready. He's getting ready to destroy us because we refuse to believe and trust God's word that he's getting ready to take us over into the promised land. And so God, you've got to remember this Moses talking to him. Say your reputation is at stake because if the Canaanites find out about it, you see the Canaanites did not hear their report. Hello here. They didn't hear the report. But if they find out, God, that that that, that you've destroyed your people, oh, God, they're going to have a field day. And so, God, he must not let this happen. God's character and his reputation were worth more than Moses and the people themselves. They were not worth the destruction of God's character in the eyes of the Egyptians and the Canaanites. Can I preach the Bible, y'all? You see, the Canaanites, when you look at verse number 14, the Canaanites had already heard that the Lord had delivered, my God, his people from Egyptian slavery, guiding and and protecting them up to this uh, uh, present moment. And then when you look at verses 15 uh, and verse 16, the Canaanites, uh, if God had destroyed them, they would question the power and the promises of God to his people. Listen, the strength of God must be demonstrated and his word must be kept. I, 
I got something I need to tell somebody. And you better snatch this one. And here it is. God, he must keep his word. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what the devil does. God must keep his word. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But what my word is going to stand forever. His reputation, his character is based upon his. Oh, God, I wish y'all get it. Now, 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 wait, 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 watch this. We know some folk word ain't worth a dime. And so you can't, you know, some folk will tell you they'll do something and turn around and know they ain't going to do it. Even when they tell you they're going to do it because they just don't feel like being bothered with you. And they move on, leaving you knowing that it's not going to be done. Not so with God, because God's reputation and his character is based upon his word. How many of y'all know that God cannot lie? And whatever God says going to happen, guess what? You might as well get ready because it's going, it's going to happen. Cover your mouth up and tell your neighbor it's going to happen. Hallelujah. You need to confirm it. You need to confirm it. And you need to speak it. That it's going, it's going to happen. I don't know who need to hear this today. But it's going to happen. We're in the midst of the wilderness. We've been disobedient to the word of God but we yet standing on the word of God and so therefore therefore my God God must remember that his own reputation and his character were at stake but then when you look at verse number 18 he says and notice how he start talking about God not only must you remember but the Lord is long suffering and and of great mercy for given iniquity and transgression by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and and the fourth generation in other words what he was saying was God must show he's got to show love He's got to show uh, forgiveness because it's at stake now. If he destroys, uh, then the Canaanites will be able to say, well, I thought he was a loving God. I thought uh, that he was a forgiving God. But watch this. At the same time, not only did he have to show love and forgiveness, but he also, God had to show some discipline. And, and that word discipline means uh, uh, chastisement. I told him today, that's why I I had to get up and get out of here in Bible discovery because I was going to preach my message right in the middle of class here today because I need y'all to understand that God is loving and that God is kind and that God is faithful. But every now and then, God has to discipline his children. God has to bring chastisement on us. And the Bible said, no chastening is good for the moment, but somebody ought to shout afterward. In other words it build character in us in other words it makes us better it makes us better people and so Moses understood that God was both loving and just and he declared both in appealing for the lives of God's people and so he says God I understand that you are loving God I understand you are a just God I understand that you are a faithful God and God I understand that you are God 
who have to chastise your people. He understood. I'm trying to show y'all how to pray wisely. Come on here. Because have you ever went before God? You don't have to admit it here, but amen. But have you ever went before God and knew that you didn't bit more need to be asked than God for nothing? Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent, Brother Bill. Uh, Sometimes when I get on my knees to pray, here's how I start my prayer. I said, God, I know I ain't nothing. Come on here. But God, if you would just hear me when, when I pray, God, I know I've missed the mark. I'm going to help somebody here. I don't go before God in this attire and in a clergy with, with a cross on as if that's going to get God's attention. When I go before God, Sister Roxanne, and I'm the pastor of the church, I tell God, God, I know I ain't no good. Y'all ain't gonna help me here. What you mean the pastor ain't no good? You ain't no good either because the Bible declares there's no good thing that's in our flesh. And can I help y'all? Every time you pray, you don't pray in the spirit. Uh, y'all ain't gonna help me here. That's your flesh praying. Y'all know that's your flesh praying when you say, Lord, I need you to make a way. I need you to open the door. That's your flesh. Tell your neighbor, that's your flesh. That's your flesh. That's your flesh praying for God's hand of protection. That's your flesh praying for God's mercy. That's your flesh praying when you pray over your children. That's your flesh. And flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And our flesh, we sin. We miss the mark. And so when I pray, I tell God, I know you are loving God. I know you are kind God. I I know you are a faithful God, but I also know God that you are God that'll get me. Y'all ain't talking back here to me. Y'all, y'all, y'all sit around talking about God knows my heart and God knows. I'm going to tell you God to get you. You ought to tell your neighbor God to get you, God. Ah, y'all don't want to hear this because you know we hear people preaching now that God is so loving and you know God understands all your mistakes and you could do this and you could do that and you know I'm going to heaven anyhow amen I just won't have as many stars in my crowns guess what you might be going to heaven but God will get you while you're down here on earth he don't want you to be scared of him now, now, now listen to me God is, is loving he don't want you to be scared of him well somebody say first natural then spiritual it's first natural then it's, it's then it's spiritual because as parents amen when our kids are growing up we love our children there's nothing that we won't do for our children but how, you, how many of y'all know every now and then you had to go upside their head y'all ain't gonna talk to me you don't want to hear it that way but every now and then you had to chastise them you chastise, uh, you discipline me. Why? Because you love them. And you know that if you don't get them, the police will get them later on. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. And so you have to put the rod of correction on them. Now, wait, 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 wait. As kids, we didn't appreciate it. I told them in Bible Discovery, my mother used to whoop me. She was the whooper of the house. And my mama didn't care what she whooped you with. Whatever she got her hand on, that's what she whooped you with. It 
could have been a pie pan. It don't matter. If she was baking pies, you had flour all over you because she was going to get you. And all while she was whooping me, uh-huh, I got whoopings, amen. Somebody looking like you didn't get enough, but that ain't none of your business. Amen. All while I was getting whoopings, Brother Kari, I could hear my mother said, I'm doing this because I love you. And I used to say, well, if you love me, why don't you stop hitting me? Well, she was doing it. Why? Because she, because she loved me. Every now and then, God's got to chastise her. How does he chastise her? Sometimes God will send you through the fire. Sometimes God will send you through the flood. Sometimes God will send you through some trials and some tribulations and can I please help somebody if you're going through something right now and no matter what it is instead of mumbling and complaining about it why don't you start asking God God what are you what are you trying to show me not about what I'm going through but what are you trying to show me God about you there's a lesson that God is trying to teach us about him and so here Moses is here he is and I see pardon because he goes before God but then I see pity in our text I see pity in our text because Moses he prayed he prayed for mercy Moses asked God to pardon the people according to the greatness of thy mercy. I stop by here to tell y'all that's wise praying because one of the most valuable lessons we can ever learn is that we will get so much more from God when we come through the gate of mercy. If you go any other way, you might as well not expect. You've got to throw yourself at the mercy of somebody today. Somebody today, I'm almost finished by the way. Somebody today, you need to throw yourself at uh, the mercy of God. You need to put your pride aside. You need to stop worrying about what other folk, hallelujah, what other folk think about you. You need to forget about what you think your status in life is. And you need to throw yourself at the mercies of of the almighty God because here's the lesson don't ever seek blessings based on merit because we don't deserve nothing you ain't gonna get nothing thinking that you deserve it but you better seek whatever you need from God on the basis of God's mercy if it was not for the mercies of God we'd have been cut off long a time ago how many of y'all know God had mercy on us yesterday y'all ain't gonna talk to me well let me let, uh, 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 God had mercy on some of us this morning well no 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 let me advance it God's having mercy on us somebody ought to shout right now I said God's having mercy. He's having mercy right now because we shouldn't be here. But somebody ought to say, God, I thank you for another chance. Oh, God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I just want to talk to y'all. But I'm feeling something because when I think of his faithfulness, when I think of his loving kindness, when I think of his mercy, that God, you remember, Elimation, I thank God for it. You remember there in the temple when the priests went behind the holies of holies 
and the Bible says uh, the priest would go behind the veil and the people would come and they would make professions uh, to the priest of all their sins and then uh, uh-huh, their sin, the, the priest would forgive them of uh, their sins. But the Bible said when Jesus died, and I'm going somewhere with this, uh, when Jesus died, the veil in the temple rented in twain. And he said, watch there, we no longer have to come to the priest, hallelujah, but we can come what boldly to the throne of grace. Well, I said that to say this, I'm glad you ain't got to come to me for me to forgive you of your sins because the Bible said if the priest went behind the veil and he wasn't completely holy, you got to understand they put a chain around him and they put bells on him. And, and you know what? Behind that didn't have no seat. They didn't have no nice comfortable leather chairs like we have in churches nowadays. But and the reason there wasn't a seat there is because he had to continue to walk around. Because as he walked around, the bells would ring. And guess what? When the bells stopped ringing, they had a rope on him and they drag him out. Why? Because he was dead. I'm glad when I mounted this poop, y'all ain't going to help me here. Our members, you ought to be glad that when you mounted this stage here today, ushers, you ought to be glad when you stood on on the floor today to usher in the people of God. Teacher, you ought to be glad when you stand up to teach that God don't strike you down. We ought to be glad when we come before the Lord's table by faith and eat of his body and drink of his blood that we don't just drop dead somebody ought to say thank God for his mercy because God if it had not been for your mercy you having mercy upon me right now God's having mercy on you right now some of y'all holding some grudges against some folk but yet you in here talking about hallelujah God's having mercy on you some of y'all got unforgiveness in your heart God's having mercy on you right now as we sit in the presence of an almighty God and a faithful God, God, tell your neighbor God's having mercy. And then say, thank God for your mercy. So when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, you better throw yourself at the mercies of God. Knowing God, if you don't do it, I know that it cannot be done. Is there anybody you come to church? I'm really trying to close. Is there anybody you've come to church here today and you say, God, if you don't do it, then I know it cannot be done. God, I throw myself at your mercies in the matchless name of Jesus. And so don't seek blessings based upon merit, but you better seek them based on God's mercy. And then the last thing I see in here, I see performance. How many of y'all know God is a great performer? Hallelujah. Somebody, you come to church and you need God to perform in your life right now. I stop by here to let y'all know that in the midst of missing the mark and falling short of the glory. I come to bring hope to somebody. 
at the glory of God. We serve a God of performance because notice in the text what Moses says. He says, as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even unto now. In other words, what Moses did was Moses looked back over his shoulder and basically what he was saying is simply this, that God, if you did it before, I know you can do it again. And I'm wondering to anybody up in here that know without a shadow of a doubt that God, if you did it before, I know you can do it again. Why are you so disheartened? Why are you so filled with disbelief? If God did it before, I know he's able to do it again. Moses based his prayer on the performance of God in the past. The past performance of God, it showed his power and his mercy. That's what inspired Moses to pray. Don't you know that God's performance in the past, it'll promote prayer in the present. Stop worrying about what you're going through and just look back over your shoulders as where God have already brought you from. He's brought me from a mighty. Somebody ought to say, he's brought me from a mighty long way when you thought you wasn't going to make it some of y'all sitting in here right now you are amazed at the mighty working of God because you shouldn't be here right now but God he performed in your life the doctor gave some of y'all up but look at you you're still here now and the only reason that you're here now is because the doctor don't have the last word over your life your boss don't have the last word over your life your spouse don't have the last word over your life but aren't you glad I don't want to preach I got to close Aren't you glad that God has the final word over your life? I stop by here to tell somebody that it don't matter what it look like. It don't matter what it feel like. It don't matter what the devil says. It don't matter what the devil does. God has the final word over your life. And whatever he speaks, it shall come to pass. I need somebody to just shout. It shall come to pass. Whatever 
the Lord have showed you whatever the Lord has promised you is coming is coming you might as well get ready for it because it's coming to pass this was a wise prayer because of Moses approaching but when you look when you look at verse number 20 I thought I was going to stop at 19 but verse number 20 says and the Lord said unto Moses I have pardoned according to your word in other words Moses I kind of like you Moses you got the right spirit Moses I should cut him off right here in the wilderness I should destroy every last one of them but Moses I've forgiven them because I heard I heard your prayer there's nothing like uh, the Lord in your prayer. I tell you, keep on praying. Hey, keep on interceding. I know the more you pray, the worse things become. But that's all right. God's getting ready to bring that child home. God's getting ready to heal your body. God's getting ready to turn. If you believe it today, I dare you to jump on your feet and say turn. Come on, turn. Somebody's not turning. Turn. Turn it around. You are a loving God. You are a just God. You are a forgiving God. Turn. Turn it around. Turn it around. I'm interceding for somebody else. I'm going to forget about myself just for a few moments. And I want everybody to forget about yourself. Forget about your sickness. Forget about how broke you are. Forget about your troubles. And approach God and intercede for somebody else. I dare you to call out the name. Call out the name. Call out the name. Yeah. Call it out. Tell the Lord you're everywhere. Call it out. Tell the Lord to arrest. Call it out. Tell the Lord to heal. Call it out. Tell the Lord you don't deserve it. Call it out. Tell the Lord he shouldn't even hear you. But ah! Oh! 
you are something. I don't deserve it. But you're merciful. I'm the tell your neighbor I believe God don't lie if you don't then you can sit down if you don't but tell them I believe God I ain't gonna catch nothing cause I believe God God is able to do exceedingly abundantly I believe God can make a way out of no way I believe God can open up a door when there is no doorway I believe God I'm in my desert place, but I believe God. I'm in my wilderness, but I believe God. He's the same God in the wilderness as he is in heaven. He can do anything but fail. Look at your name and say, watch what you say.